This is Amateur Logic, episode 150, for December 15th, 2020. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com. Ham for the holidays, and ICOM's got two new radios. The ID52A handheld and IC705 will give hours of fun and enjoyment working your favorite bands this holiday season. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Christmas 2020 episode of Amateur Logic TV. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. And we have, as as usual, a fun show lined up tonight, especially for the Christmas season here. It's going to be, well, I don't know what it's going to be yet. We're just going to have to find out. It is going to be a doozy. That's right, isn't it, Tommy? Yeah, it is going to be a doozy. I did not know about that, but we'll find out more about it in a moment. That was a brand new one on me. Cool. Good. Maybe some of the other people don't know about it either. It looks like maybe email didn't. So. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. At least we'll have uh, something none of us know anything about tonight. Well, no, Tommy Christmas knows something. Christmas surprise. Yeah. Every time we're live, we have the chat room going. You can get to it from www.amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat. Let's just run through it real quick. What is everyone going to be talking about tonight? Tommy, don't give it away completely well, just yet, but give us a little a little tease there. Well, it's, uh, you, gave, you uh, said it's going to be a doozy. Um, new little piece of software kind of ran across. Uh, anyway, it's... Uh, I wasn't aware of it until just like very, very recently, and uh, it's pretty amazing. I think you're going to be interested in it. A lot, of you, a lot of you will. I am. I'm interested already, and I haven't watched it. I just saw what it was going to be on. Email, what are you going to be telling well, us about? Well, let's see. You know, i got a lot to talk about uh, this, this go-around, unlike the uh, Slacker edition last time, I think. <laughs> the, uh, so I've been taking some vacation down here. Because uh, my son graduated from uh, college this year in, uh, as a mechanical engineer. And my uh, youngest daughter's in town from college as well. Oldest daughter's in Pennsylvania making snowmen because it's been snowing pretty good up that way. So lots of time with the family virtually and here at the QTH. And oh, uh, I'm going to be talking about lots of uh, pie and stars. That's what you're going to see coming up on my segment tonight. Pie is great at the Christmas season. Absolutely. Yeah. You did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I see what he did. Um, tonight, well, I'm officially this month slacker. Every month, one of us does not do a segment so that the shows don't run six hours long. It was my turn. Uh, but I've got a few things we're going to talk about tonight as well. 
kind of interesting, I think. At least one of them I found very interesting. Uh, but we won't give that away yet either. Mike, I can only imagine what you might have this time around for us. Why don't you give us a little tease on that? Well, I'm going to say it's back and that the cheap old man and me got together with a team of cheap design engineers. And that's <laughs> all I'm going to say right now. Well, that's... Thank you. That can never be a good thing, just so y'all know. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say I'm looking forward to this, too, because I have not seen any of it. So this will be a first time for me to see it. I, and I can't we, wait. We, we threw all the health and safety regulations right out the window when we came up with these products. And it, it, as, as I would have expected. It really shows, too, I think. I think you'll see. <laughs> it's the okay. only way we can keep it cheap. Yeah. Well, hey, with the competition you've got these days globally. Oh, yeah. Not, what is that, Emil? Somebody sent me a Keep It Cheap mug going along with the mug themes these days. And it's got not only the Keep It Cheap, but it's also got the uh, Cheap Old Man's seal of approval there. Who would so, do such a thing? I don't know. It looks like the South and the North might be mixed up again this year. (laughs) (laughs) From Wayne B. uh, Lindgren, cheap old man alert. Love that. Said he just renewed his uh, amateur radio license online, filled any application, and where it says you're exempt from administrative fees, he checked no. And where he said, are you exempt from regulatory fees, he checked no. So, um Lo and behold, he completed that uh, application online and was not charged any fees. So there is still some confusion out there about what's happening. I know they're considering, you know, doing those fees. But now you can still renew your license online if you choose to do it yourself for free. I think they give you some time to do that. Uh, He did mention he asked his Elmer, uh, G-O-0-G-L-E, hi, hi, Wayne, (laughs) a.k.a. Google, and found that uh, that out as well. So, um, yep, you can go over to the ULS and renew for free, which is the perfect thing for the yeah. cheap old man. Free. And keep yeah, they're it free. also uh, asking you to put an email address in there. I guess that's how they're going to send you your uh, your documents stuff. You know, they've been... uh, actually, I saw that post. I went on there and went ahead and associated my email address with my account. Yeah, I don't think they've sent any printed licenses in a while. It's... Uh pretty much been an electronic transaction there. And that's probably a limited time offer, so you should take advantage of it if it's near renewal time. Yeah, and that's Wayne W1 and WBL, also a frequent uh, Tuesday net, soundcheck net uh, checker inner. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, Tommy, I guess without further ado, Z. We'll go with your segment now. You want to set it up? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really cool piece of software. I've, uh, I've got Would you say a it's lot a of doozy? different these these star these star hotspots. Well, uh, MMDVM hotspots, um, but the, you can actually get on D Star without actually having one. Well, let's let's take a look at it, and we'll talk about it when we come back. I ran across some pretty cool new software. It's from David, PA7LIM. It's called Doozy, 
Uh, it's an interesting name, and it really is a doozy. You know how I've shown you before, I've got several hotspots. I've got the N5BOC duplex hotspot, which I love. I think it's my favorite one. I've got uh, the Zoom Spot USB. I've got my uh, DV Mega. I love that thing too. It's been, been great. It never failed me. And I've got the uh, DVAP. But uh, with the more modern radios, there's some functionality that David was able to take advantage of called Terminal Mode. And I'm going to show you how you can get on D-Star if you don't have a repeater or a hotspot near you. You've got an internet connection and a Windows 10 computer. It's really easy to set up and the functionality is amazing on it. Let's go through and get it set up and I'm going to show you how it works. First of all, go download the software here from the link. I went ahead and downloaded it already just to save a little bit of time. You're going to need a USB cable, a data cable. Not some, They're not all created equal, so make sure that the cable supports data. Uh, some of them are charging only. This one came with my, my Samsung phones or tablets I've got in the past, and I know it supports data. And we'll hook it up to the radio, hook the other end up to the USB port on your computer. Before you do that, go over to the ICOM site and put in your radio model number, if yours is one of the ones that are supported, and download the USB driver. Do yourself a favor and do that before you ever plug your radio up to your computer. If you don't, Windows may try to install the wrong driver and then you're going to have a hard time getting it straightened back out in the future. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I've installed the driver, uh, downloaded it from the site that you see in front of you, and I plugged the USB cable up to my radio, and I'm going to plug it up to my little USB hub. You download the software. I've already done it, so let's install it. And it's done. That's it that easy. So let's run it. And we'll go into the setup. Put in our call sign. Let's update the host files. This works with XLX reflectors, D+, Dextra, and DCS. So there's a lot of functionality here. Now we need to find our radio. So let's go into Device Manager, look at the ports, and I see uh, my IC705 is on serial port B, COM4, so that's what I need to pick. Don't pick the CIV one because that's used for a different purpose. Uh, so COM4, and we'll go down here, pick COM4, save. Next, we need to make a few little changes on our radio to make sure that it's going to work. So let's go into Menu, Set, Connectors, let's find Mod Input, and let's make sure that our Data Off Mod is set to Mic USB, and our USB modulation level is 50% to 70%. So you can tweak that as you go. I'm going to leave mine at 50%. That's the default. And incidentally, my data off mod setting was 50% also. Make sure that you go into the My Station. Make sure your call sign is set right here. 
and you can see mine is. Okay, once your call sign is set, in here we're going to need to set the gateway. It, right now, by default, it's internal gateway wireless LAN, but we're going to go to USB. After we pick USB, let's go into terminal mode, and we'll see here we are. We're in terminal mode on the radio. Next, let's go back over to our program and turn it on. And we will go, we'll do an XLX reflector. And we'll pick uh, 983A, which is the one we use for the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. And let's click Connect. It says we're connected. Let's try to make a call. And I've got no other hotspots running here. This is going through the, the USB cable using uh, PA7LIM's Doozy software. And it'll go out over the internet to the reflector. K8JTK, K8JTK, N5ZNO. And you can see it's sending my standard N5ZNO slash 705. K8JTK, N5ZNO. KB9VZU here, Tom. You, you know Jeff. Uh, you got 10,000 uh, irons in the fire. KB9VZU and 5 zno Hey Dave, it's good to hear you on the net last night. Um, setting up Doozy over here on my uh, for my IC705 using my computer, and I was trying to make uh, contact to test it, doing a little demo. Yes, sir. You got a pretty Thanksgiving bingo. Sounds great. I uh, I'm gonna put one of those on my Christmas list. Those are a real nice looking little outfit there. I don't travel as much as I used to, but I think I'd still like to have one to take with me where, where I won't go. Does it sound okay? Yeah, absolutely fine, Tommy. I wish you and your family a wonderful Thanksgiving from, uh, from our family here in Indiana, and uh, appreciate you and all the boys there on Amateur Lodge for watching them. Have a good holiday. 7-3, Tommy. Give me an easy Yeah, 7-3 to you, Dave, and... Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and uh, I'll hope to catch you on the next net this coming Tuesday. In 5 zno To disconnect, you just clicked the disconnect button right there. To get out of terminal mode, all you've got to do is go and hit the menu button again, DV Gateway, and hit the normal mode button. And if you want the waterfall back, just hold your memory scope button down there, or the M scope button down, and looks back like it did before we got started. The software is uh, pretty awesome. It supports several different radios. Uh, 705, of course, the 9700, the ID51A+, or the ID51 Plus 2, the 31 Plus. Um, probably works with the 4100, and I feel like it'll probably work with the ID52 once it's released, and I'm sure he'll test that out. Uh, you will need the OPC 2350LU cable for these other radios. This one just takes a standard USB, uh, micro USB cable. It's a fantastic piece of software. You don't have to carry an uh, extra dongle around or a hotspot around and a Raspberry Pi and try to worry about it getting on the network. Almost everybody's got a Windows 10 
uh, laptop or computer these days. Thanks to David, PA7LIM, for a great piece of software. It was really easy to configure, as you can see. The setup on the radio is, is very simple as well. doesn't get much easier than that. And if you don't have a repeater around you, you don't have a hot spot, you've got one of the supported radios that I just showed you, then there's no reason that you can't get on D-Star. Anyway, I hope you liked the segment, and we'll see you next time. 73. And it was a, it's a cool piece of software. I also found out after that, uh, I think he introduced it in a version right after this, uh, but you can also use um, hotspot mode. So you got terminal mode is what I was using. You can use hotspot mode and actually turn your radio into a, a hotspot so you can walk around with your handy talkie and, uh, and use it to get on the Internet. I haven't tried or go get on D-Star. I haven't tried that yet. I just found out about it, uh, but hmm. uh, it's pretty cool stuff. So that's uh you could you could possibly have your radio on an antenna and maybe cover the neighborhood or uh uh possibly so. Hmm. I'm that I'm gonna play around with it some. I'm actually on vacation. I got a, off work at four thirty today and my vacation started, so I got two weeks to play. So that's one of the things I'm planning on experimenting with while I'm here. Cool. But uh even uh, just using the USB mode is pretty awesome. A lot, a lot of people... Of folks, go ahead, Tommy. I, I was just going to say, a lot of people get those radios to use portable, you know, out uh, in the field and stuff, which is awesome for that. It's a great radio. It's kind of falling in love with the thing, to be honest with you. Um, but also, it's got a lot more functionality just by hooking it up to your regular computer. So if you don't have a repeater near you, you don't have a hotspot or anything like that, dude. No excuse why you can't get on D-Star. Neat. Very I was neat. just going to say that the uh, folks with the ID51A plus twos are going to be happy about that too. Because I know you and I had tried at one point to get the terminal mode working and we just couldn't get it sorted out. And uh, that's a really nice way to be able to uh, make use of that function. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. And I think the problems I was having was more to do with the gateway that I was registered on than uh, than the functionality of it. Because I know a lot of people were using it, uh, but I just had trouble. But I'm thinking it was something with the gateway. They had just upgraded it, uh, the one that I'm registered on, and I think there might have been some issues with that. Well, I've got something here, and I don't know how we're going to do this, and it's what I wanted to discuss with you all that I did not get a chance to. This is something I received recently. You know, I was lucky to win that um, award, Homebrew Heroes Award for 2020. And it, it came with some great prizes. And let me say, boy, I've been having some fun with that. I got to say, uh, I, I don't understand. It, it's... Uh, how did this happen to me? I'm just thankful it did because, man, some nice things. One of the nice things that I received is this right here. You can see it's, it hasn't even been opened yet. That's because I already have one of these. It's the MFJ-225 antenna analyzer. You guys remember seeing that before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, bar I borrowed your other one before. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, nice, 
graphic display on it. It's one of my favorite antenna analyzers ever. Uh, ever. But I've got this brand new shiny one right here. It's still got the plastic over the display. Whoa, now that's a major award. Yeah, that is a major award. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am going to award this to someone <gasps> on the show tonight. I don't know how we're going to do it yet. So, no, it's oh. someone watching tonight. Oh, okay. okay. Or, I'm watching. Or yeah, me too. Someone watching or an email to win. I don't know. I'd kind of like to give it away on the show tonight, though. You know, since it's uh, sort of in the holiday spirit. Uh, And by the way, thanks, MFJ, for that lovely award there. Uh, That's pretty awesome. Someone's really That's a really nice analyzer. It is. It is. So we've got a pull our heads together before the end of the show tonight and decide how we're going to give that away. Because I know just about everyone watching wouldn't wouldn't turn it down. Uh, if, why don't you push it over this way a little bit so I can get a better look at it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Look familiar? <laughs> there you go. Well, Mike, you could just about grab it. <laughs> it could be yours. <laughs> just about could. But not quite. I made I made careful in my plans that uh, that Mike would not grab it. So I don't know. We'll we'll come up with a way before the end of the show tonight. Somebody will like that. I have well, an, that's going to make somebody a nice Christmas surprise. Oh yeah, very much so. I have an email tonight. That came from our friend Chip, K9MIT, and I have not been watching the chat room. He's in the chat room. He I is. in the chat room. Well, Chip, thanks for sharing, man. I, uh, I I know we talked about this before, and Chip sent a few photos here of something that he's had for a number of years. I always wanted one of these. I never got one. I don't know if anyone here had one. Mike may have. I don't know. We'll find out. Chip says um, when he originally purchased the 100, and what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about uh, the Radio Shack TRS-80 Model 100. He said he took that thing everywhere that he went. He used it for work-related stuff. He understands that this was the last or one of the last devices that Bill Gates wrote the code for, and the majority of it was on a legal pad. Truth or myth, we don't know. I guess that's the rumor, though. Later, he got a Model 102 and the optional external 3.5-inch diskette drive. He says they all still work and function. Uh, He used to hook the 102 to a Lego Mindstorm first-generation IR tower to program robotics devices. Wow, thanks for sharing those photos, Chip. Did any of you guys ever have one of those? I wanted one real bad. No, I didn't. I wanted one, too. I have a friend that had one. Uh, All I got was the pocket PC4 pocket computer. Yeah, and I had one of those, and I I think I gave it to my son, so it's gone now. 
I, I know he didn't save it, but this is I got the upgraded model. I did put the extra one K of RAM in it, so it's got yeah. one and a half K of RAM. But back to that model one hundred, man, this thing was groundbreaking when it came out. I got a few stats here. You know who made that? Any of you guys want to take a stab at it? NEC. Texas Instruments? Nope. NEC. Nope. Kerosia. Remember the fax machine? Really? Yep. Wow. They made printers. I didn't know they made computers. I didn't either. Apparently, they released it first with their name on it and didn't sell many of them and ended up making a deal with Tandy. They've got the Radio Shack name. It was released in 1983. Introductory version had 8K of RAM for $1,099. That would be equivalent to like $2,800 last year. There was a 24K version for about 1400 bucks. They sold 6 million of those. It was a custom operating system. So, you know, you, you weren't going to run Windows on there. And I don't guess you were going to run MS-DOS either. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, Microsoft did write the uh, runtime for it. A 2.4 megahertz Intel 80C85 processor. So that was a speed demon. <laughs> well... I want to know how Chip kept his so white. I have one on the table over there, and it's been in its genuine imitation leather case all these years. And and where it should be white plastic, it's kind of like a, an ivory color now. It's, it's oh, yeah. kind of changed that, color. It's more of a yellow color now. A, a real mystery. They had uh, models from 8K to 32K, or at least it supported that much. The display on it, and this is probably what held me up, other than the price, eight lines of 40 characters each. Yeah, I remember that. That's going to limit you a little bit there. Well, that's going to limit you a lot. (laughs) I don't know, Mike. In its day, though, that was good. Well, for portable, yeah. If I remember right, they used to sell custom uh, ROMs that you could plug in the back. Or in the bottom uh, for specialized applications. I can't remember what they were, but I think there was about half a dozen different uh, uh, ROM chips you could plug in the back uh, for specialized um, apps. Yeah, 56 uh, keys. I know my buddy used his for word processing. Eight programmable function keys and four dedicated command keys. Power, and I did not know this, four AA cells. Or an external oh, wow. 6-volt uh, adapter that was greater than 180 milliamps. I used to carry one of those around for use as an RS-232 terminal. They were the they were the thing, because at the time, you couldn't carry anything smaller than that that would uh, emulate VT-100 and some of the other uh, common terminal formats at the time. See, the Model 100 was promoted as being able to run up to 20 hours and maintain memory up to 30 days on a set of four alkaline AA batteries. Does that sound right, Mike? I can't remember, but it ran for a long time on on a set of batteries, and I do have the little uh, AC wallward adapter, and it's a little tiny thing. Hmm. Uh, Like you said, it's only about 100 and some odd milliamps, Um, so it's not very big at all. 
You couldn't run it on rechargeable NICAD batteries uh, at the time, but there was a hardware modification that made that possible. The computer's only available form of mass storage was the port for a cassette audio tape recorder, which was notoriously finicky and unreliable. Uh, what did you have for storage, Mike? I didn't. I didn't have the luxury of the external floppy disk drive, um, so I just used the internal memory. Um, and because it would retain memory so long, it wasn't really a problem. But um, I'm going to throw this one out there. Does anybody remember the 300 baud modem that went along with that unit? It was a set of acoustical cups that you plug the uh, the handset into. I, I think, don't know if yeah. uh, people remember that, but you. You plug the uh, handset into the acoustic cups, and then that was what connected to, uh, well, it wasn't the Internet at the time, but uh, to a dial-up service of some kind. Do you think it was compatible with that handset you just showed us? I don't know that it had that form <laughs> factor there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it worked with Hamshack Hotline, no. Yeah. <laughs> See, a popular alternative was a Tandy portable disk drive introduced in 1990 or 1986, a serial device capable of storing 100 kilobytes of data on a three-and-a-half-inch single-sided double-density disk. That drive was identical to the brother FB100 drive for knitting machines. Computers have really come a long way since those days, i got to say, but I'm glad I got in it back then, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah, that was fun stuff, man. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yep. And it last it lasted the equipment lasted a long time too. I mean, you, you consider the age of those uh, those Model One Hundreds and the One Hundred Twos, and uh, they you put a fresh set of batteries in them and they fire up right away. Yeah. Well, we're going to be back in just a moment. First, we're going to get a message from MFJ, and don't go away because I think we got something here you're going to want to see. Introducing Rig Pi Two, the first major upgrade to the original MFJ-1234 or RigPi-1. Complete RigPi-2s come with pre-installed version 2.0 RigPi operating system using the latest Raspbian Buster operating system compatible with the Raspberry Pi 4B and 3B+. RigPi version 1 owners may upgrade their units by purchasing a micro SD card or download containing the version 2.0 RigPi operating system. New MFJ1234B RigPi 2 units include the latest Raspberry Pi Model 4B with 2GB of RAM and 32GB micro SD card. RigPi version 2 is jam-packed with features and comes with over 30 new features to excite the ham radio world. Here are just a few of the features of RigPi 2 OS. Remote CW keying over the internet. Support for over 27 new radios has been added. Control push-to-talk and frequency from a Contour Shuttle Express multimedia controller. Control PTT, power on-off, and relays with Flick Bluetooth remote switches. Support for changing antennas remotely with an Ameritron RCS-12 antenna switcher. Power amp control. For an added touch of functionality, connect a webcam to RigPi and watch your radio in the RigPi browser on your phone or tablet. 
On-screen sliders are included for adjusting AF gain, RF gain, power and mic level, and CW speed. Control 8 on-off devices or relays with macros using a special cable, and much, much more. If you've been looking for the perfect way to operate your station remotely, learn more about the new MFJ1234B RigPi version 2. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. On the first day of Christmas, my homer gave to me a band playing with pretty colored charts. On the second day of Christmas, my Elmer said to me, Code two times a day in a band playing with pretty color charts. On the third day of Christmas, my Elmer gave to me three boat anchors. Code two times a day in a band playing with pretty color charts. On the fourth day of Christmas, my Elmer said to me, There's four calling stations, get them. Three boat anchors, code two times a day. End up and playing with pretty colored charts. On the fifth day of Christmas, my Elmer gave to me five gold PL259s. You're gonna miss them. Three boat anchors code two times a day in a band playing with pretty color charts. On the sixth day of Christmas, my Elmer said to me, Six to one SWR, unkey, unkey. Five gold PL259s. You gotta key the mic. Three boat anchors code two times a day. In a band pan with pretty colored charts. On the seventh day of Christmas, my Elmer gave to me 70 feet of tower. Oh no, what's burning? Five gold PL259s. What do you mean you didn't log them? Three boat anchors code two times a day. In a band playing with pretty colored charts. On the eighth day of Christmas, my Elmer said to me, Five-eighths wave is good for verticals. Seventy feet of tower. Hurry, get the extinguisher. Five gold PL259s. Wait, they work in split? Three boat anchors. Code two times a day. And a band playing with pretty colored charts. On the ninth day of Christmas, my Elmer gave to me nine safety test questions, five-eighths wave verticals, 70 feet of tower. I think the fire's out now. Five gold PL259s. What mode was that? Three boat anchors. Code two times a day. In a band playing with pretty color charts. On the tenth day of Christmas, my Elmer said to me, No, 10-4 is not okay. Nine safety questions. Trust me, it has more gain. 70 feet of tower. Oh no, the fire department's here. Five gold PL259s. 
Just call CQ again. Three boat anchors. Code two times a day. And a band playing with pretty colored charts. On the 11th day of Christmas, my Elmer gave to me 11 sections of piping. 10-4 is not okay. Nine safety questions. The radiation angle is lower. 70 feet of tower. I think we need to choke something. Five PL259s. Four more calling stations. Three boat anchors. Code two times a day. And a band playing with pretty colored charts. On the 12th day of Christmas, my Elmer said to me, Just go take your extra test. 11 sections of piping. 10 4 is not okay. Nine safety questions. It just works better. 70 feet of tower. Is that a squirrel on a feed line? Five gold PL259s. Hey, you cleared the pile up. Three boat anchors. Code two times a day. And a band plan with pretty color charts. Merry Christmas, 73. God bless the Elmers for putting up with us. That artist seems very familiar. That was, that was some kind of awesome. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you can pick that, that up as a single pretty cheap. Yeah, I bet you <laughs> could. Cheap. If you've been watching the chat room, you've already been getting offers. You don't even need to advertise. <laughs> That's right. Someone, just someone in itself. the chat room saying that there's a late night TV DVD box set for twenty nine ninety five. There you go. You know, Mike, we might have to add that to a certain something later on. Oh, yeah, Definitely. I had way too much fun doing that. You know, uh, I had plenty of help from Elmer's all throughout my uh, ham career, guys. And that was just my way of uh, giving back and uh, taking a look at it from their perspective. So that was fun doing it. My kids still don't know what the heck I was doing. They were listening to me like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Only hams are going to get that. True. Uh, It was awesome. Yep. Very, very good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The kind of stuff night, um, dreams are made of. <laughs> well, Tommy, I think you have, I don't know, this is not an email, but no, it's mine's something. Mine's actually a Facebook post. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us about it? That's, I thought it was kind of interesting. It's uh, from Joe Sammartino. You remember him. He's He's been watching yeah. a long time. I think he used to email us quite a bit back while back but anyway he says this is a very good article for a change using ham radio off-road and it's in sun cruiser i guess magazine or whatever i don't i'm not familiar with it not on off-road but it is a pretty cool article Uh, i read it and uh, it talks about uh, how the cell phones are failed you know failed them on an occasion and uh, ham radio came through it didn't wasn't a life or death situation or anything but uh talks about being prepared and and knowing your gear and stuff like that that's it's a good read so appreciate you sharing that with us joe email you know anything about this i think i think i might know something a little something about it uh i had fun um installing uh you know tommy both tommy and i have the same hot spot he was talking about earlier the n5 boc duplex mmdvm yeah you do too that little modem board I, i was trying to figure out if there was a newer firmware for it and then I looked into 
the Pi Star image to figure out what's in behind the scenes and some of those advanced uh, menus and figured out a good um, way to update all three of the things you really need to pay attention to on that Pi Star image over time. So this is kind of like a maintenance guide for the, the Pi Star, keeping up with the guy who actually makes that board, Tommy and George. So this is his GitHub site and also the Pi Star's uh, built-in commands that you run at the command prompt. So check it out. It's pretty cool. Hello, George, Tommy, Mike. In this episode of Cheap Old Man Minutes, I figured I would show you how I keep my Pi Star MMDVM on running on my Pi 4 here up to date. It's uh, quite a few little things to know about the Pi Star image and lots of little nuances, uh, especially depending on which board you're running. In my case, I have the uh, N5BOC dual hat, which is um, a certain board that you gotta select in the, uh, the modem section of the uh, Pi Star image. Let's see, let's get into it. In this episode, I wanted to spend some time talking about how I go about updating or keeping up to date my Raspberry Pi 4 running the Pi Star image using their built-in tools with the particular hat or modem, MMDVM modem that I have, which is the uh, N5BOC dual hat. Um, Duplex, I think, hat is what they call that. Some of you might have Pi Star, and really, you know, what is it? Who is it? There's a lot of information online about who's developing it and who is keeping it going, doing what. Sounds like they're having quite a bit of uh, fun with it, and you can find all of that information at this site. Obviously, Andy Taylor has a lot to do with the uh, coding and the software. But there's quite a group of people that keep it going. And they they put some uh, neat tools in it to help with that. And that's what we'll be talking about. This is my Pi Star Digital Voice Dashboard. My hotspot. And there are three areas here to really focus on. The actual version of Pi Star. The actual dashboard version as well as the modem firmware here in which TCXO you uh, you have which board basically you have um in my case it is that HS hat the duplex hat from uh, in 5BOC it's quite a bit of uh, those three things right there on this particular screen or what uh, what I'm watching for, as well as if you go to the uh, configuration or admin console, you'll wind up at the uh, place that'll show you what the actual kernel that's running on the uh, Raspberry Pi. Because we all know it's pretty good or pretty a good practice, best practice to keep the OS updated because of uh, their connections to the internet. You don't want to uh, stay too far behind what's being released as far as bugs, errata, and security might go. Between those things, the 
Pi-Star version dashboard, the firmware of the modem or hat that you might be using, as well as the kernel of the OS for the actual Pi-Star image running on the Pi. So in my case, I do have the MMDVM HS dual hat. At least that's the one it uses. Uh, I did notice that there are ones for the uh, Lone Star dual hat for Pi, GPIO version. But uh, they're pretty much the same function. I've actually confirmed that with uh, Dave, the maker, the N5DOC of this hat that I'm using. With that in mind, I wanted to find out who is maintaining that firmware. And that's where I ran across CA6JAU has a GitHub site in which he's actually maintaining the latest version of this firmware for these um, hats. This uh, right here tells you what the latest version is. And I did notice when I first got mine that there was it was on an older, pretty recent, but older version. So I decided to go ahead and figure out what it's going to take to update it. And I uh, got that going. Uh, great information here. And the main notes are under the uh, binary firmware installations for the Pi, the Raspberry Pi in the Pi Store installation. There, there's actually scripts built in to actually help you or to actually do the update. I happen to have the uh, 14.7456 megahertz TCXO edition of this board. And that's the, that's the command I actually used to go ahead and update it with the latest firmware. And so great stuff here. So let's get into taking a little bit closer look at that. that there you go. That's the actual um, the M5BOC. It's got the same form factor as the Pi Zero, and it's a duplex hat. So he just redesigned the uh, duplex board to fit in that form factor, which is great. So in order to gain access to the, there's a couple ways. Of course, you could use the standard PuTTY or, or SSH terminal if you are familiar with that. But there's also a built-in tool here that'll let you connect right up to it. Pi star is the normal thing. You got your password that you set when you set up your, and you're into the SSH interface. Um, there's a couple of things here. Like, for instance, the fact that you see the RO there in the prompt. Uh, it's stating that the uh, Pi Star disks are all read-only. So there is a command to make them read-write, which is right here on the display. It's telling you um, that information. So uh, here you can run many commands, just as if you were at a Pi or a, a Linux prompt here. Some of the commands, of course, I have the um, history here to help me out, but that is the command that I went and used to um, run and update the actual uh, board or the modem that's on here. And when you run that, it'll tell you 
this is what you have now. You know, go ahead and, um, and as you can see how you found CA6JAU's GitHub and uh, his call sign. But that is the command to use to update it. I've already updated it, but if you go, if you hit any key, it will go ahead and update it. If you hit Control C, it's going to quit because this is the version I have already, 1.5.2, as shown in the actual firmware box here on the dashboard. So that keeps the modem, the hat, if you will, that I'm using up to date. It's firmware. Um, there are also commands to keep the Pi itself in its OS up to date. <laughs> Sooner or later, I'll find that uh, command. Hopefully, if it's still in the uh, history. Yeah, some basic commands to see how much space we have uh, available. Just type history, if I'm not mistaken. Go back and look for the commands you've run. <laughs> there we go. So sudo pi star update and upgrade. sudo pi dash star update. We'll actually start the pi. I think it's actually dash. <laughs> Just because you go look it up in the history doesn't mean you got it right. Looks like I tried a few times. It's probably star dash, I think, update. Which means there's scripts they wrote. There you go. So that'll go out looking for the packages that are out there. To see if there's anything new available. And then it'll run through its. So uh, there you go. I have zero upgraded, zero installed, and one of them's held back. So the um, I start upgrade. Yeah. Yep. So there's quite a bit of things it's going to do. And that's one of the uh, methods there to keep it up to date. Uh, not just the application, but the OS itself, as well as the modem. All three ways. And uh, they have a, there's also a full screen version of the uh, I guess I can exit out of here first. There's also a full screen version and they're using the uh, shell in a box, if I'm not mistaken, to put it in the browser. That's a SHS session. Yeah.
Yeah. So it's always good to keep up the uh, OS, keep up the uh, version of the application, as well as the, uh, so you got the kernel there, right? The application and the board firmware itself, or the hat, I should say, since I'm on a Pi, the MMDVM board itself. So keeping those three things in uh, some respectable up-to-date form factor. Uh, guys put a lot of work into these things, so might as well see they're adding functionality, they're adding stability all the time. This thing pretty much stays running a lot on my side, so it's uh, good stuff. I just wanted to walk through that and show you where to look at that information and where to find some of the information for what you might have. Um, so good stuff. Really appreciate that work that people are putting into this. We're getting quite a bit from it. And, you know, keeping that uh, all the modes accessible and cross-linked and everything else is uh, very valuable for us as ham. So thank you, and uh, hopefully that'll help you out going down the road of uh, PyStar. And I want to say under the downloads in PyStar, that should tell you what their latest release is. Yeah, 4.1.2.20 for my uh, Raspberry Pi image here. So anyway, 7.3, I hope that helps you out. I've pretty much dedicated uh, one of my other pies in a little corner on top of one of my speakers here to the dashboard and monitoring what's going on on that uh, Raspberry Pi Star image with the hotspot. This is uh, one of my uh, pies that's dedicated to doing nothing but that on uh, this little monitor setup I have. So we can definitely keep in touch with all the uh, different modes and different nets and participate in that competition we always do on the uh, sound check, amateur logic sound check net. <laughs> Hitting all the different modes. A little bit of fun. <laughs> That was a good segment, Emil. Um, thank you, thank you. I know you were telling me you were doing that. I was looking forward to seeing that. I'm actually going to do mine as well. Um, I usually do the update that's at the top of the menu, and then I do the OS updates using uh, apt-get. Um, but I, I'm going to go through and do the rest of it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people in the chat room, in fact, right now, you know, talking about the um, pseudo apt-get <clears throat> updates and uh, things. And that image that PyStar image they have their own bash scripts or scripts on it that do much more to the image than just that they they get downloaded lists of reflector ip addresses and names for certain there's so there's a lot more happening than just the standard uh app get like you would see on a debian or ubuntu type load so definitely use their scripts and all the instructions are on the uh, guy who makes the firmware uh, site as well as the PyStar site so uh, check it out. We have thought more about this during that last segment on this MFJ 225 antenna analyzer. Here's how we're going to give this away. Now, you people 
in the chat room. You're okay. Just hang out there. The other people watching live tonight, um, about half of you are not in the chat room. Join us over in the chat room, amateurlogic.tv slash chat. We're going to be giving this away uh, toward the end of the show. Not too terribly far away. So you've got a few minutes if uh, you can join us in the chat room there and you're watching live. If you'd like this, that's how you're going to do it. We're going to draw a random entry out of the uh, users that are in the chat room. So um, there's your warning. Uh, join us over there or if you'd you like to win. We're going to be back shortly here. First, we're going to get a message from ICOM on an important topic here that, uh, well, I think it's on all of our minds this time of year. Ham for the holidays. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is the ID52A. Larger radio, larger color display, and louder audio. This VHF-UHF digital transceiver is much more than a replacement for the ID51A. The color display is 2.3 inches for exceptional viewability, and the audio is 80% louder. This multifunction dual-band D-Star transceiver supports DR mode for easy access to local repeaters based on internal GPS information, as well as terminal and access point modes. The ID52A also has Bluetooth for audio and data control. The IC705 is the perfect sidekick for hams who like to enjoy what both the great indoors and outdoors have to offer. It's the perfect QRP companion, base station features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, 5 watts with the BP272, 10 watts with 13.8 volt DC external, single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. It looks like it's my turn to read an email again. And I just happen to have one from Ken W2REZ. And he says, hi, George. The FCC is considering phasing out analog AM broadcasting and only allowing digital AM broadcasts sometime in the future. I've always enjoyed listening to late-night AM stations from faraway places. Some years ago, I couldn't find my local station broadcasting the World Series in the New York market, so I found WTAM 1100 in Cleveland. New York City is home to 50,000-watt WOR. What will happen to listeners in neighboring states that would lose the analog signal? Well, uh, Ken... I've got the uh, proposal you're talking about right here on the screen. And, yeah, there's been a little confusion about that. The FCC is not eliminating analog AM broadcasting. What they are talking about doing and actually going to do, currently, you know, you can, if you're an AM station, you can broadcast analog like you've always done. 
And uh, really, uh, that's the way you need to broadcast. Or you can use what they call the digital hybrid mode. Same on FM. There's a digital hybrid mode there as well to where the station is transmitting a regular old analog signal. In addition, there is a digital signal being transmitted right alongside it using a small portion of the bandwidth of the station. Uh, It's... Well, there are some compromises to pull that off, but they didn't want to do away with the analog reception of all the radio stations in favor of just going digital. So we've always had it, uh, well, since we've had digital broadcasting, where you still broadcast the analog and you've got this uh, digital subchannel writing out there as well, same audio. And on FM, you know, they might have more than one channel coming over there, but it's all sort of a, a numbers game. You know, there's only so many uh, kilobits that you've got for that digital bandwidth, and you kind of have to divide it up. Well, the FCC, uh, after some stations have asked about this, some owners and tests have been done, you would think, If the AM station was strictly broadcasting a digital signal, maybe that would be more robust. Turns out it is. You know, if if an AM station is only broadcasting in digital, a little better coverage, you know, not as much interference, better audio quality at the expense of uh, just about everyone who's been listening to you. Um. So it's kind of a trade-off situation there. They're going to allow AM stations that want to to go and broadcast full digital. They can drop the analog signal and dedicate all their bandwidth to the digital signal. It's not a requirement. Don't know how many stations are going to do that. I'm thinking probably not many. There may be a few, though. So... uh Yeah, and the existing um, HD radios that are out there that receive AM should automatically be able to receive that. It doesn't have to be any modifications made to the radio. So something you might see in a few markets in the future is some stations going uh, 100% digital on AM. Don't know how many is going to do it because nobody wants to give up the listeners they've got already on analog, but... I'm sure a few people will. I'm I'm um I'm wondering if they I guess they are using the same what is it the ubiquity yeah like type codec or it's mm-hmm. the same uh, okay yeah, yeah I've that's... been looking at the waterfalls on my SDR just to see if anybody's changing because there's a lot of stations on FM of course in New Orleans that adopted really early so I'm waiting to see if anybody flips over on the AM side yeah. It'd be interesting to see, uh, and I'm, I wonder if mm, maybe at night might be the, you might catch somebody skipping through. But then again, all those 50-kilowatt stations, they're probably not going to want to give up their analog listeners. Yep. Um, so I don't know. We'll just have to see how that works out. But anyway, no, uh, the FCC is not going to change AM over to digital exclusively. I think there's there'll be more... Uh, more to this subject in the future. But we'll see how that works out. Uh, Mike, I understand you have an email here. 
that my dude so timely yeah it's not really it's 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 an email and it's an actual posting that i saw uh where did i see that it may have been on twitter actually um and it's from our our good friend uh timay um oscar hotel seven tango in finland and in the chat he interviewed somebody that we all know uh tommy n5zno and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it it's an excellent uh interview and i must say i've always said that uh Teme has a um, a very very good smooth voice, ideal for broadcasting. And if you listen to his podcast, uh, boy, you can you can certainly tell. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm probably going to butcher the name Taskula Headers. I did a search on that, and I guess roughly translated from Finnish means uh, pocket transmission or or something to that effect. That's the URL there, so if you want to check it out, just go to the URL in blue there, and uh, it's a great interview and worth a listen. Thanks, Tame, for doing that. Thanks for having me on, Tame. It was a lot of fun. It's in several languages, so um, I think it's in Finnish, got some some in German, and uh, some in English. So I've gone back and listened to some of the English ones, and it, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun being on there. So yeah. I appreciate that. Good interview. Good interview. Absolutely. Well, it's that time in the show, and I see people are are starting to uh, come on into the chat room there. Not well, there were already people there, but more people are coming in because they they want the opportunity to win that. So, once again, in case you missed it earlier, we're going to be giving away the MFJ two twenty five here, brand new and uh, from MFJ to some lucky live viewer tonight. You got to be in the chat room to win, though, because we're just going to pick a random entry out of there. The chat room is amateurlogic.tv slash chat. So you've got a few minutes left. If you're not in there yet, uh, this is the, the well, not two-minute warning, but close to it, close enough. Okay, Mike, it is that time of year when mayhem will ensue usually at your hand and well i i don't know uh, exactly what this year's topic is going to be so you'll just have to explain it here and we'll try to follow along well i ended earlier that uh, the cheap old man and me got together with a team of cheap design engineers and we came up with this 2020 crazy cheap holiday gift guide Full of cheap, exciting products for the discriminating ham. Uh, so let's just have a, a look at some of the featured products in the catalog or the guide. Throw in a little sweat equity and some water. And voila! Wow, I could use that. In just 30 years, you'll have a super sturdy, able to withstand 100 mile per hour winds <laughs> in Tenemast. Imagine that. And those people that are governed by some sort of homeowners association. Uh, no problem. It blends in with the natural background and scenery, so you're good to go. Can you keep the squirrels off of those? We actually have another product for that, and we'll get yeah, that a little later. These are squirrel-friendly, oh, right, Mike? Yes, they're squirrel-friendly. Uh, there's, they're self-supporting. There's no ugly guy wires. They're non-inductive. 
non-conductive. They're easy to cut and you can use uh, any, any common fastener such as screws or nails. It's environmentally friendly. We do have a disclaimer though, and that is while this product can be used for emergency heating fuel source, it's not recommended. It's pretty versatile too. It's kind of groundbreaking. <laughs> I see what you did there, George. That is very groundbreaking if you think about it. Yeah. I tell you what, Mike, that, you've got my attention on that one. What could be any that's better? That's where the sweat equity comes in. Well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Before, before we move on, um, I think I'm hearing from our chief engineers that it's, uh, it's also RFC 1149 compliant, Mike. IP over Avion carrier, if I'm not the, – the, the engineer is talking to me right now. So it's even compatible with uh, the birds that can carry your packets. Wow. Imagine that. What else have you got there that's new well, and groundbreaking? The next item we've got is a um, – well, let me give you a scenario here. How many of you have had uh, that have – well, admit it. How many, how many of you have let the smoke out of a radio before? Accidentally, of course. And anybody that's in electronics knows that electronics works on smoke, and once you let the smoke out, it doesn't work anymore. Hence the product we introduced a couple of years ago called ReSmoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. Which bring so those components did. back to life. But anyway, we've, we've uh, thought about that. and We've come up with a product that uh, you won't have that problem with. It's a universal AC battery. So polarity doesn't matter. You can hook it up either way. There's no expensive power pole connectors involved. And uh, our team of engineers have come up with a uh, recharging spinner station, which, of course, is sold separately. Oh, there's the other up. So Uh, I can see where, you know, again, I'm just hearing from our engineers, Mike, that the, um, the, the spinner recharger is uh, available in both, uh, it's switchable between 50 and 60 hertz. Okay. Can you get that in 33 yeah. and a third? Um, 33 and a third might be legacy along with 45, but yeah, I mean, it's probably still in there. Might have to mess with the firmware a little bit. It, it, it does have a fast charge mode on 78. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to let one of you guys try this on your radio first. Just, you know, knowing the source of these products, I I think that would be best for me. No. Yes? Did any of the lawyers call yet? No, none of the lawyers called yet. We're good good to go there, Mike. Go ahead and continue. Keep it on the down low. (laughs) All right. Maybe we should move on to the next item. I think in, so. In the features. The, the premise behind this product was, why pay for something you already have around the house? Like, that's that's a credo by the cheap old man himself. Like, <laughs> you know, if it's if it's putting up antennas with pool noodles, it's uh, <laughs> making full go, full gallon dummy loads from from paint cans. There's no PCBs, no expensive mineral oil required. You know, any paint you happen to have around the house, latex, oil-based, it doesn't matter. Um, And uh, there's no soldering required. And um, as kind of an undocumented feature, it can be strategically placed 
uh, for less shack painting in case of overloading. Okay. I like your test guy there uh, that's testing it out. He looks really in- enthralled with it. That's that's one of our uh, our test engineers. I think I actually have the prototype right here. Oh, there look you at go. that. Doesn't, nice. Doesn't that look, yeah. I think that may be it right there. I didn't even <laughs> know I like could it. stick this in a bucket of paint. <laughs> Never would well, have occurred know, to me. <laughs> George, I, I'm pretty sure, too, the uh, the paint option, if you overload it, I, you know, you could probably tap that thing in different locations <laughs> and uh, really get a good pattern depending on what you're transmitting in the shack. So you could, you know, really get that good spread. Hmm. Yeah, and if you want a, a decorative pattern, I guess you could change your mode of operation, too. <laughs> and is it digital compatible? It's fully digital compatible. Whatever you can throw at it, hopefully it won't throw back at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, that's one of those other moving, products. Moving right along. I'm, I'm actually going to let let our uh, our uh, pre-sales engineering uh, team of uh, Emil uh, uh, talk about this next product. We've been getting lots of sales calls about these, especially with uh, what's happening on some of the bands. These are our uh, noise-canceling uh, DASP earplugs. Uh, they're adjustable, uh, depth for frequency filtering, tuning, earwax, and hair-dependent, of course. Uh, but the DASP technology is really something. It's a dedicated, ambidextrous, squishy plungers. You can use both of them with both hands at the same time. They have convenient pull strings for resetting the filters. You just rip them right off. And then uh, there's also an optional remote heat option when you really need that maximum amount of safe filtering for uh, frequencies like 14.313 <laughs> on 20 meters and then 40 meters, 7.200. There's some hot QSO notching features that can really uh, help with the contouring and the control of that. You can see the guy there is really enjoying himself. Well, as, I, actually, uh, burning. I actually have a little pro tip, and that is don't burn the candle at both ends. <laughs> mm, good point. Excellent pro tip. So I have a question about that. Are they rechargeable? They are rechargeable. In fact, when you squishy them, you know, and you you do using both hands the uh, ambidextrous squishing. They really uh, take a take a good charge. You could probably squish them a good maybe thousand times before they lose their squishiness. Be sure to squish them gently, but you can use both hands. Yeah. That, that's actually a good question, George, because we we have a patented uh, piezo uh, crystal compound that's in the actual earplug, and as you do the squishium, then it actually generates power and recharges them. Yeah, you know, with that, George, I think we might have, wait, hold on, I'm getting this in. We might have invented a new element on the periodic table, squishium. squishium. That's right, I think we did. Wow. Can you wipe the squishium off of them, though, after, you know? Oh, absolutely. The, the squishium is completely removable, easy to easy to clean, and, uh, well, so let's see about the salespeople are really saying these are really flying off the shelves right now. So be sure to hurry up. Okay. Do you need a separate pair for 14313 and a different pair for 7200? No, no, no. You just squishy them a little bit different to match the, uh, Oh, they're, they're the self-tunable. 
Yeah, you can tune them by the way you squish them. It, it takes a little bit of practice, but after, you'll get it. Awesome. So well, that saves money right there. That's that's com compliant then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to have to order a set of those right away. I I don't know what else I can say about that. <laughs> this is a really unique product. I don't think uh, anybody is. Uh, this is a like I said, it's it's so unique that. I haven't even thought of all the uses for this product yet. So you might see uh, other other products released based on this particular product that we're about to look at. In life, you don't get many do-overs, but a mistake with this product, it, it's no big deal because you can just reshape it as you, as you need it. It's the uh, four-reel antenna modeling compound. That's pretty awesome. So you can pretty much model any antenna you want. That's correct. And it's spice scented, which helps with that process. <laughs> now, do they contain live squishium? Uh, actually, there's no squishium whatsoever in this product. Okay. Uh, this is a patented uh, proprietary product. And, uh, well, that's all I'm going to say about that because you're, you're probably going to see a lot more products made from this product. It's malleable, it's pliable, it's ductile, it's soft and workable. And, you know what? If it's if it's good enough for the electronic engineer, it's good enough for the amateur radio operator. I also should mention that it's completely non-toxic. So good. Any any orifice that you want to stick it in, <laughs> it's perfectly safe. Okay. All right. Check, please. <laughs> So how can you top something like that? Well, no, please know, don't. <laughs> as they say in television, and especially on those late night infomercials, but wait, there's more. And this ne- next product, some of you may have seen before, but it's it's definitely backed by popular demand. Um, and uh, we'll have a look at that. It's the cranium cooler cap. I mean, who doesn't? We we these things flew off the shelves. We 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 just couldn't produce enough of them. Um, and I think we may even have uh, an ad for that. Uh, do we, George? Uh, yeah, I think we have the original stock footage here. Let's see. New from the Skunk Work Labs of the AmateurLogic.tv Apparel Department. Created the best new product of the year. We bring you the latest in state-of-the-art cranial forced air cooling. Keep a cool head while looking cool with this Amateur Logic Cranial Cooler Ball Cap. The power cooling fan unit is solar powered, so there are no batteries, so no charging required. Our patent pending power unit supplies power only under the blaring hot sun, ensuring that no photons are wasted. Some vendors may try to convince you that their product is the best, but don't be fooled by cheap, low quality imitations. Get the only cranial cooler ball cap endorsed by Professor Thomas. Or to your cranial cooler ball cap today. Operator just standing by. Professor Thomas astutely discovered that you can recharge the sun by using it in reverse. Yes. And you can see him uh, testing out by uh, wing walking on that uh, airplane and holding the uh, the cranium cooler cap. Uh, even better, Mike and George. This just in from our engineers talking to me. Um, I believe this is what is actually restarting the solar cycle. So good job, guys. I think you uh, kick-started it into gear. Okay. Nice. Email is hearing voices again. 
You, you mean we we? <laughs> if I understand that correctly, we reversed the solar minimum cycle. Yeah, yeah. That's what the engineers are just telling me that in my ear here. Or it might be a short. I'm not sure, but that's the solar cycles coming up. Nice. Cool. Well, is there anything else in that catalog, Mike? Oh, we have a few more items. Um, and actually, um, um, Emil, our, our product engineer, uh, he had a lot to do with this particular design. It's the uh, Faraday day cage. And uh, maybe you can explain that, Emil. A lot of people are interested in their investments, right? You know, we spend our cheap, hard-earned money. We we got to protect our investments, and you know, there's a lot of investment in it, and we need to protect them. So the Faraday cage will, you know, help you store these radios in a place that no one can get to them, including you, for days. So if you know something goes wrong and you need to store them somewhere, then you put them in here, and you're not going to get to them. I mean, you can see there that friendly-looking face is not all friendly when it comes down to it if you try to reach in there and grab that rig. So, uh, you know, with proper training, though, you'll be able to access your gear. You can get it out there without damages to you, the radios or you to get them back in, uh, into service. So, you know, when you really need it to be secure, the Faraday cage is the way to go. Like Emil said, don't be fooled. Uh, you know how it turned out for Buddy the Elf when he tried to pet that raccoon? Uh, they can be pretty ferocious, so... <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not even going to go into the environmental hazards on that one there, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure that was not taken into consideration with the price. No. I think this next item is going to be of interest to I would say it's probably going to generate more interest than any product product that we're featuring tonight. And it's the ultimate in contesting convenience. Not, you know, I think this would be equally at home for field day. Uh, yes, that's true. And that's the uh, contester's operating chair. When you got to go, you don't have to go. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Looks functional. Somebody really thought that through. <laughs> and, and those folks with mobility issues, it's no problem. There's, uh, there's an optional wheel kit available. So that's, we've got you covered there. Continents, no problem. You know, basically you extend your operating time. Isn't that always the problem with contests? Yep. And I should mention, by the way, it is supported by all major contests. Would a product like that be applicable for, say, podcast usage as well? <laughs> Not this one. No, okay. <laughs> okay. I, wait a minute. Let me ask the question to one of our, our legal team. No, not this one. Yeah, no, they're 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 not. Uh, they're recommending that uh, uh, we don't we don't uh, use that for that for that particular uh, use. Yeah, that's that's too bad because uh, if we end up doing that New Year's Eve show again this year, that's a pretty long show. You know, uh, Mike, uh, the this might be our bestseller i'm talking to the salespeople on stock count here and quantities available and uh, they're moving they're, they're just not sitting on the shelves mill and i did some brainstorming and we came up with this product specifically for you uh in mind and we thought you know the cq zone electronic frontier uh if you have squirrel or rodent problems it's no problem with the cq uh, zone 
your antenna farm is protected. The intruders, they don't stand a chance. And um, how it works is the uh, system forms a patented DC secure perimeter, which does not create RF interference like the inferior, inferior brand. So dealing with, uh, you know, outside sources of RFI uh, is not a problem with this uh, particular product. Just looking at that animal there. Is that a squirrel? I mean, the tail doesn't look quite bushy enough, or is it a rat? Uh, no, that is a squirrel, and I, I guess I should I should note um, that it hasn't gone through all the all the approval processes, <laughs> and it's certainly not SCPA is um, approved or SPCA approved. Um, yeah, so that what you're looking at there is a hairless squirrel, because ten thousand volts. That will singe the hair off of anything. Man. I actually forgot to thank Tommy and 5 zno here for posing for the box cover artwork. And by the way, they told me that the spray-on tan was only temporary. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Hamopoly, you'll love Grand Ham. And the object of the game is to acquire the most elaborate ham shack possible. And to win the game, the player with the most toys win. Uh, much like other things in life. Um, and the game ends when there is no more ham merchandise to buy or no more disposable income to spend. I'm seeing what's next on the next page of the gift guide here, and I'm just going to put this out there right now. Uh, kids, don't try this at home. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, well, I don't think it's OSHA approved, but I don't know, guys. What what about this? Spring into action with the rebound tower safety bungee cord harness. You know, when you think about it, how many how many times have you climbed a tower? You either didn't have the right tool or butterfingers, you drop the tool. Well, take a leap of faith. You just take a dive for it. And if you time it right, you can snatch that tool up from the ground and bounce right back up and carry on your work as if nothing even happened. You can probably do your tower work in half the time. And if you order today, we'll include this handy guidebook of tips that was written by a former trapeze artist from the Flying Melendas. Um, so don't just hang around, rebound. That's uh, that's pretty good. And I bet there's some great tips in that book, too. The Flying Melendas were pretty amazing. You know, Mike... Uh, some in, uh, some of the salespeople in the warehouse are on the horn with me here, and and what they're telling me is that this product has the least callbacks with issues um, or problems. <laughs> and matter of fact, they are telling me absolutely no one calls back. So nobody's returned it. Nobody's returned it, and we haven't heard from anyone. I saw two or three things there I'd like to get for Christmas gifts. How how could a a fellow or uh, or a lady go about obtaining some of this cheap cra- uh, merchandise. Well, they would go to the Amateur Logic Shopping Channel, which currently is on the Hamshack Hotline. Operators <laughs> are standing by, and odds are pretty good that you're going to get a meal. You call now. <laughs> okay. There's several good things on there. Several gift ideas for that ham that's got everything, or thinks he does. Yeah. You don't have squeezy them. You <laughs> don't have squeezy. It's brand new, right? Brand new, right on the periodic table. 
Well, guys, it's so new. We just we just made it up. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't know what to say about that, but that I hope lawsuits will be at a minimum. You know that that this venture will work out for you guys. Thanks for putting it together. We will take it under advisement. Well, everything does come with the uh, bright light warranty, right, Mike? Yes. 50, sec- or 50 feet or 50 seconds, whichever happens first. Right. As soon as you see the lights, <laughs> it's over. I, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, some somebody watching the show is going to steal some of our ideas because we didn't get patents on any of this stuff yet, and we probably should have. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd worry too much about that, Mike. I think... Uh, <laughs> I think you're safe. Y'all were so quick into the game there. There's just no explaining what a good couple of twisted minds can come up with when they've got time on their hands and no money to spend. You know, that's that, that was great. And you I, know, I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But uh, pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, those those really were good though. Appreciate you putting those together. Oh yeah. Y'all. Mike, the lawyers have said that we've pretty much said enough. Oh <laughs> we're gonna give this away now. Here's how we're gonna play. Well I'm gonna draw a random number here and a team of experts is going to go through and pick out the the uh, user number that is randomly drawn here. And we're going to give this antenna analyzer away, the MFJ-225. Like I said, I, I wouldn't normally be giving this away, but I already own one. And, you know, that'll make a, a very nice Christmas gift for some ham. Tommy? Number 10. That would be Doug 60. There's, there he is, KB8HLV. You're going to like this. I don't know if you've got an antenna analyzer already, but once you've used one of these graphic ones, man, it's... Um, you know, I know people like their old school analyzers, but this this has always been one of my favorites right here. With that, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and, and whatever hope, you celebrate. Whatever you celebrate. Happy one of those have a too. Safe one. Yep. And we have not discussed it yet, but uh the last few years we've done a New Year's Eve show. What do you guys think? Should we try to do a New Year's Eve show this year? Hmm. Well, it's been pretty fun the last few years. I'm yeah. I'm game for giving it a whirl if you guys are. I have to figure out where I'm going to be. I think I might be out and about like uh, a couple of years ago, George. Oh, Disneyland? Not uh, this time. Under the, under the table? <laughs> no. no um, I think it might be... Uh, Somewhere in the Smokies this time, but we'll have to see. Okay. 
All right, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, um, I'm not doing any traveling uh, over the holidays, so I think I'm in the same boat as a lot of people. So uh, having a New Year's Eve uh, podcast would be a lot of fun, I think. I think so. Yeah. So uh, we'll plan on that, and we'll be posting details. You can find them well right here on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv. Or we'll also post it on Twitter. You can follow us at amateurlogic or the groups IO group, groups.io slash g slash amateurlogic. We will see everyone at the end of the month. Tommy, any final words before we go? No, just be sa- just be safe and have a great Christmas or, or whatever you celebrate. Uh, and uh, we'll see you on New Year's Eve, I hope. Okay. Email any cheap thoughts. Keep it cheap. There you go. Right there. <laughs> Says it all. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Keep it cheap. And Mike. Uh, just everybody enjoy themselves, uh, stay safe and, uh, stay healthy and uh, enjoy the time off. I know there's not a lot we can do right now, but, uh, it's a good time to, uh, kind of, uh, recharge and, uh, get together with, uh, immediate family in your, in your, I guess your inner circle. So that's what I'll be doing. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Same here. All right. Seven, three, everyone. 7-3. 7-3. 7-3. Merry Christmas. Yep. 73, everybody.